0: Hello, and welcome back to Resurrections and Adam Warlock and Thanos Podcast. I'm your host, Al Sedano, and we're going to get on to the episode in just a moment. But first off, real quick, I just want to give a shout out to Derek William Crabb and the Thanos Podcast. Earlier this year, they did an episode covering the Death of Captain Marvel graphic novel, and they pointed out something that, doing my research on it, I didn't even notice. This year is the 40th anniversary of that book coming out. It came out in 1982, and it's now 2022. Completely blanked on that. So, thank you guys. All right, here we go. And it's me and Brian back again, one more time with one more look at Captain Marvel. Uh, I should actually say it's one final look at Captain Marvel. Very. What final, are we covering, Brian?
1: Uh, the death of Captain Marvel.
0: Yes, and, and spoilers, people. There is truth in advertising here.
1: It's, it does exactly what it says on the tin. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, it's it's funny, actually, because that actually segues pretty nicely into a, the pretty much the only comment I have on the cover, which is OK. So the title says the death of Captain Marvel, the illustration very clearly a Jim Starlin illustration Um, especially if you look at Thor, he is a very, he back in the seventies and eighties, Starlin had a very specific way of drawing faces and you can really tell when it's his stuff. And anyway, the point is there's an illustration here of death cradling Captain Marvel, a, a, a a shockingly emaciated Captain Marvel, to be honest, um, in her lap and all of these Marvel heroes behind him, Spider-Man and Thor and the Avengers and, Colossus of all people but okay and they're all like sort of in action mode and I think the sort of the the what is communicated to me through this image is these heroes will try to save Captain Marvel from the clutches of death so you have the the words the death of Captain Marvel and then you have this image sort of promising you know potential salvation and it's like one of these is a lie Spoiler, it's the image.
0: Yeah, okay, so that's the one you're looking at because I am reading. It's a reprint I got picked up a couple years ago because I don't oh. have the original graphic novel. This mm-hmm. is a reprint from I think like 1992. I thought saw or six okay. ninety four. It says in here. Okay. And this one has Captain Marvel laying on a table, kind of like at a like like a board yes. or something.
1: Yes, yes, and yes.
0: Around them, they're all looking down or looking away. So we got on this one as Mr. Fant going from the top and going clockwise, we got Mr. Fantastic Thor, mm-hmm. Dr. Mm-hmm. Strange, Captain America, the thing, Spider-Man, Wolverine, the Hulk. So again, like you said with uh, Colossus. All right. <laughs>
2: mm-hmm.
0: uh, let's see. Wolverine, the Hulk, Iron Man, Daredevil and Drax.
1: Yes. Now. The only one, um, I don't, i Wolverine and the Hulk. I'm not sure why they're there.
0: See, I'm not like, sure if they ha- ever had a crossover of Captain Marvel, the X-Men. I'm pretty sure he did with the Hulk at some point. Okay, because I'm sitting here, I'm thinking, okay. So, obviously,
1: the Avengers, there will always be a place for the Avengers there. Drax, obviously. We remember the Daredevil crossover uh, with Moondragon. Mm-hmm. Um, Spider-Man... Is there appropriate to be there not only because of the uh, his his prominent role in the Marvel two in one annual that uh, completed the Thanos war storyline way, way, way back when that you and I covered with John, mm-hmm. um, but also because he, he has he has a small but um, powerful role in this in this. Yes. Uh, graphic novel so anyway i guess my point and then you have like a uh, doctor strange and mr fantastic they're there because they are in, again they they have an actual role in the story to be told i i have that one i'm reading mine in the um in the uh, it's the final uh part of the Captain Marvel by Jim Starlin the complete collection okay. it's the final uh the final uh, uh, story collected in there well, but at makes the very sense. back of the collection it does have like the, the little bonus features and the cover you're talking about from the 1994 uh, okay. reprint um, is is there so i'm getting to look at it right
0: now okay so good so Lisa, yeah and i i don't have that your image in front of me but i but i've seen it enough times that i It was the original one,
1: and it's the one that they are using as the, um, it's the one that they are using as the quote-unquote cover, the first page of that portion of the collection here, so.
2: Okay.
0: But yeah, I've seen that so many times, I know that one. Yeah. Oh
1: man, I remember seeing it in, on the shelf, in the comic book store back in 1985.
0: So. I guess you didn't obviously, though, since you told me off mic before that you have first time you've read this, you obviously didn't pick it up then. I did not because it was a graphic novel. Those were those were very
1: but they were very expensive and I wasn't really into Captain Marvel. I didn't know too much about him at the time, so it didn't draw me. The only Marvel graphic novels that I uh, bought back at that time, the only ones I sprang for, as it were, were um, uh, the New Mutants.
0: Uh-huh, I was about uh-huh. to say, I'm guessing that one, and let me guess the next one, probably.
1: Okay. Which oh, was?
0: The next one that came out.
1: Which was which one?
0: Oh, God Loves Man Kills? Loves Man Kills. Yep, yeah, that those one. The, and, those were graphic novels number four and five.
1: Yep, no, and also, because it was the newest at the time that I bought it, and like it was like, oh, okay, fine, I'll give it a try, um, Return of the Living Monolith.
0: I ended up picking that up as like a back issue type thing, like somewhat cheap, I think.
1: And the best one of them all, in my opinion. Oh, no, don't get me wrong. I love the X-Men and New Mutants ones. But in hindsight, the one I enjoyed the most for a variety of reasons, the sensational She-Hulk.
0: That one I have not read yet.
1: It is. I don't know if it's still marvelous. It's, It's very much of its time. It's very much of John Byrne's Fantastic Four run ethos. But, man, what, did I love it when it came out. Holy moly, yeah. did I love that that graphic um, novel.
0: I'm looking at the list of the graphic novels. They're the ones that were part of that Marvel graphic novel line. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. have read Dreadstar because I've picked up in recent years. I, also it, Jim Starlin. Yeah, the uh, Dread Star Omnibus Volume 1. So that's included in there. So I've read mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. I never picked up the graphic novel, but I read it that way. Um, let's see. What else have I read there? Oh, the... Uh, Revenge of the Living Monolith. I have read that.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Oh, Amazing Spider-Man Hooky. With never read Bernie that. Wrightson. Believe it or not.
1: Never read oh, it. Oh, that's just beautifully done. Is it now? I'll have, to, I'll have to look into it.
0: I forget how good the story is, but the <laughs> art by Wrightson.
1: Well, uh, yeah. No, when just... you when you talk Bernie Wrightson, yeah, you're talking a story. A good story. I mean, good art. Absolutely.
0: Oh, I did have the Willow movie adaption. <laughs> that, that, that counts? That's number 36.
1: Interesting.
0: Uh, and oh, I had number thirty-seven, Hercules, Prince of Power, which oh. was like a, which was like a sequel, like the the third part, you could say, in a trilogy of stories by Bob Layton from that Hercules, mini, those two Hercules miniseries he did in the eighties. Okay, and then he sort of completed it that way. Yeah, kind of like that, kind of like wrapped it up, wrapped up that story more or less. And rather
1: like uh, rather like this uh, death of Captain Marvel one, it uh, it wrapped up like you like we 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 already covered thirty four and thirty five from the nineteen seventies, and then he came back all those years later and completed it in this graphic novel, so that appeared to be a popular thing to do.
0: Yep. Oh, and uh, cloak and dagger power pack.
1: Uh, of course, because of course, because you're Al, and it's power pack, and mm-hmm.
0: yeah. But that's enough of these graphic novels. That's another episode, I'm sure. mm Hmm. Let's concentrate on this one, the death of Captain Marvel.
3: Once upon a time, five friends who met on the Bot Talk Transformers forum set out to develop a podcast dedicated to their various interests. Transformers, science fiction, fantasy, and comic books. Part fanboys and part assholes, they came to be known as the Fanholes. Their unbridled enthusiasm for podcasting did not end there. And soon enough, their proper podcast spun off into the Fanholes network of podcasts. Besides our podcast proper, the Fanhole soon had a continuum of genre-specific, focused shows such as Mobile Suit Mondays, Transformers Tuesdays, Toku Thursdays, and Sentai Saturdays. New weekly content can be found on Podbean, iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and FanholesPodcast.blogspot.com. Fanholes Podcast: The pop culture podcast made for the fans by the fans.
0: Marvel graphic novel number one, the Death of Captain Marvel, written and drawn by Jim Starlin, colors Steve Olaf, letters Jim Novak, cover art Jim Starlin, editor Al Milgram, cover dated April 1982, on sale date January 12th 1982, with a cover price of five dollars and ninety five cents. You can find this reprinted in Marvel Strip Number Two, the Dude Van Captain Marvel a 1983 Dutch reprint. Epic Comic Collection Number 1, Der Tod des Captain Marvel, a 1983 German reprint. Top BD Number 2, La Morte de Captain Marvel, a 1983 French reprint. Graphic Novel Number 3, A Morte do Capital Marvel, a 1988 Brazilian reprint. Top BD Number 29, La Morte de Captain Marvel, a 1993 French reprint. The Death of Captain Marvel, from 1994. Marvel 75th Anniversary Omnibus, from 2014. There's a Russian reprint, also from 2014, but like all the Earth Russian reprints, I don't even know how to read the title. So, just know it exists. Die Official Marvel Comic Samalong number 25, Lieben und Tod von Captain Marvel, Tell Zwei, a 2015 German reprint. Marvel Masterworks, Captain Marvel, volume six, from 2016. And Captain Marvel by Jim Starlin, The Complete Collection from 2016. During a fight between Marvel, Mentor, Eros, and worshippers of Thanos, Marvel collapses. The Metacenter center on Titan backs up what his cosmic awareness already knows. He is sick. He has what on Titan is called the inner decay. The Kree call it the blackened. On Earth, we call it cancer. He has three months. It all goes back to when he breathed in the nerve gas that was stolen by nitro in Captain Marvel 34. The gas acted as a carcinogen in his body. His photonic powers are able to hold it off for a time, but remission is over. He tells his partner, Ulysses, who deals with it as best she can, and then goes to Earth to tell Rick Jones. Rick is upset and angry, thinking that Marvel has given up. Rick goes to the Avengers to see if they can help. They try to tell him that they are not sure what they can do, and he leaves angry, thinking they're not even going to bother, not giving them time to tell him that several of them are already going to Titan to start working on the problem. During this time, Marvell has been recording his memoirs, going over his life, and giving us a chance to see his whole history. Eventually, too much time has passed, and he becomes bedridden, at which point, everyone comes to visit him the Fantastic Four, Avengers, Defenders, X Men, etc. Over his anger and realizing he wants to see Marvell before it's too late, Rick shows up and everyone gives him, Marvel, and Elysius some time alone. Moondragon and Drax show up, along with the Skrull General Zedaro. Due to Marvel being the Skrull's greatest enemy, and to honor him as a warrior, Zedaro brings with him a gift for Marvel, the Royal Skrull Medal of Valor. Eventually, no matter what has been tried, Marvel slips into a coma. Unconscious, he sees Thanos shows up and heals him allowing them to fight one more magnificent battle. Marvel realizes this is just him fighting the inevitable one last time, and it's time to go. He goes off with death, and he's gone. So, yeah, so we start with, we give everyone a, a I like how they do this with him doing a little autobiography, so it gives everyone a history of him. So if you've never, if you didn't read those early issues of Captain Marvel, especially at this point in 82, where they weren't doing reprints
1: Right, a lot. and, and, the, you know, back issues wasn't a thing that was easily available to everyone. So, yeah, they wanted people coming to this graphic novel to have some sort of sense of who this character is and what he's gotten up to.
0: Yes. Now, there's something in this flat in this in this uh, look back that I noticed. It kind of feels like Starlin's doing a bit of a retcon here. Oh, you have that nice first page of him talking mm-hmm. and then we actually go into the flashback itself. The first thing I want to comment is they're actually still using years. He says yes. it all began on a Cree scout ship, which made an undetected landing back on earth in 1967,
1: which is, is, is fine in a way because that was only 15 years ago at this point And you could see any character that you would have been reading in a comic book, um, like 15 years would be would be an acceptable length of time if you were looking at them
0: Well, that's fine but i'm talking about now on page the last panel on page three okay so we've gone through this part where he's talking about turning against the kree fighting to save earth fighting Mm -hmm. a whole bunch of other conquerors and you know enemies and other stuff like that Mm -hmm. and what does it say here so the last two panels of page three so the years passed, and with them passed what seemed like an endless line of villains and would-be conquerors. I began to tire. Fortunately, in recent years, others of great power have come along to relieve me in this eternal battle of good versus evil. Mm-hmm. Is he reckoning Captain Marvel to be first? Because it kind of reading that, it kind of feels like he's saying, I came to Earth, Earth was innocent, Earth had nothing to protect it. I became the protector. Eventually, others have come up.
1: Yeah, that's that's interesting. I wonder
0: now. You know, I mean, because could that explain have... the reverence that they have in the Marvel universe for Marvel, which is not just what he did? Let's say with the Thanos story we covered, but because this is the way I looked at this book, reading it that way, it kind of makes him their Superman. Yes. And this is like the death of Superman if he never came back. Yeah,
1: I'm going to I'm going to go with you on that. I think yes. And I'll bet you to a number of people there in Marvel in, in the bullpen, as it were, that was probably a really exciting idea, because first of all, what better character name to have on your previously existing now or superhero than Captain Marvel? Of course it's Marvel Comics because Captain Marvel was the first of them, Cond, of course. And then secondly, you're right, it creates an interesting like sort of reverence. And third, it does allow them to keep the rest of the Marvel Universe, like they can then do that whole comic book time thing and keep the rest of the Marvel Universe relatively young.
2: Yeah.
1: Right? Because in the exactly. early 80s, Franklin was not 15 years old.
0: No, no. Franklin was still five,
1: right? Or so, four and a
0: half, one of the two.
1: Right. So you can absolutely. Yes. Yes. That actually um, works out fascinatingly, And it's a very exciting idea. And I can see a lot of people had editorial committed to it properly. That could have been a very uh, cool sort of concept. But they probably didn't feel a need to commit to it editorially, given that the only character they would have really had to worry about in that sense would have been Captain Marvel, who they didn't have to deal with after this.
0: Yeah, I mean they kind of handle it in a way of just not saying anything about it either way, so you can kind of go with it. Right. You know, exactly. it doesn't you know? You just go with it. That's what ha- kind of go with that's what happened. But but they didn't really go cool out of the way idea. to retcon everything. You know, actually put a whole storyline showing him there, but they actually aren't haven't done anything showing he not being there either anymore.
1: Yeah. No. Uh, yeah, that- that sorry. Could- go on. Good catch. I missed that when I read it. But now that you mention it, that makes perfect sense for this moment. And I can also see. Yeah, I like that idea.
0: Because it also fits with everything since then of the way everyone looks at him like he was Superman. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And this puts him in the Superman role. And plus, then it also makes sense now of the prominence for Carol, because basically it's like, well, what if back then Superman had died? Well, you know, if we're talking about know, this period of time. Well, then who's le- who's the greatest protector of Earth? supergirl right right and it puts her in the supergirl row yeah, role. <laughs> it puts her in the supergirl role but now of of saying okay well now i have to be the one mm-hmm. you know it can't it's not the two of us anymore it's me
1: now that, that that makes a lot of sense i like that whole entire notion and formulation to be honest
0: but of course his reminiscences are interrupted by the fact that mentor and wants to get his son's body thanos's mm-hmm. body
1: right because we 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 have noted that um this is this is following on from the from the finale of the Thanos war um yes. the Marvel two and one annual that at this point was what five years old
0: something like that yeah that was like what 70 77 I believe yep yeah. and this is 82 so yeah and we find out what happened to Thanos the ship sanctuary because the last we saw was in those annuals and then we don't see it anymore
1: right it was uh it was um
0: they sent dumped out. out yeah they dumped it out by Pluto Right, but as they go in there, they realize. I, I like that they're, and it's understandable. Mentor and Eros, it's like you know, it's still their family. And Marvel's the one who realizes why is he on a platform all of a sudden. Well, and, and because just, if everyone forgets, that Thanos had been turned to stone.
1: But just to revisit the tail end here of this portion of uh, mm-hmm. Marvel's autobiography, he 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 mentions in a very final way Adam Warlock. And oh yes, that's right. It's an interesting I I think it, in a way it's I think meant to be a little bit of foreshadowing cuz here he's talking about another um great hero who had fought Thanos who is now dead mm-hmm. um who has now passed on. I I thought this was a very moving passage uh when he, when he said a golden warrior saved us. Um there was I'll I'll have to find I'll have to find it later and you can sort of drop it in but um he uh at one point what he mentioned one?
0: But at the last moment, a golden warrior saved us. So the light yet shines, and life continues.
1: No, no, it was it was a bit where he talked about um, uh, how how Adam Warlock's life was basically that, like oh, short that, and that's sad. Later. Yeah, right. Okay, so we'll, we'll I'll get to that when I get to it, and you can make this seem a little bit smoother. But that's anyway, the fun. point the point is is that already by mentioning Adam Warlock and talking about how he gave up his life to defeat Thanos, um, this is already feeling very. Heavy. It's meant to, and it's supposed Mm -hmm. to, and I approve of that. Um, It's not a complaint, it's just an observation. But just the conscious effort that Starlin is putting into creating an appropriately funereal mood, I think that's how that's pronounced. Yeah. Um, One of those words I've never heard said out loud, only seen, and the only other place I've ever seen it, Doctor Who, when they wrote about the end of the fourth Doctor's very long uh, time as the doctor and mm-hmm. Tom Baker left the role and, and his last episode Legopolis, aired in 1981. They were, they, they, uh, reviewers at the time mentioned, um, how he, that, that entire story felt very down because it was the end of an era and it was the oh, passing yeah. of an, of, of an iconic torch. And so they, I'd heard that episode referred to as fun, fun- funereal or funereal or the adjectival form of funeral.
0: Yeah, I've never heard it pronounced either, so So. I'm going to go with whatever you said, because that sounds good to me. I'm going to go with funereal,
1: because I I like saying it that way better, so if I'm pronouncing it wrong, um, pretend I'm not. So anyway, but the point is Starlin is creating a a good funereal feel for this whole story going forward, and I think that's part of how he did it, was with this evocation of Adam Warlock and Adam's fate. Yeah, I can see that. Now they get attacked by Thanos' worshippers, Mm-hmm. worshippers good good call good first time we've heard that we've often yeah. referred to thanos as henchmen but this is the first for time thralls we've,
0: yeah no 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 worshippers works you know his for, cultists, well, we've you they've been called thralls before but now it's worshippers yeah and again this is now i know this is kind of goes with what he did when he became protected you know eon gave him cosmic powers mm-hmm. but in this fight here this is very much a superman thing you know, I know exactly how much to use just to knock them out, but not actually do permanent damage. Mm-hmm. Let me do let me take care of them before they accidentally get hurt by mentor or Starfox, who are not used to fighting people of such lower level that they might accidentally do permanent damage.
1: Yeah, no, that I hear that. Especially I've, if I've, the
0: Superman of the time. Right. This it is very,
1: very much. M- yeah, very much a Superman uh, 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 point of view. One I've always like wondered how it works in the long term. But, you know, that's a different. Yeah. Argument to be had, but you know, like like in the here and now, yeah, very Superman point of view.
0: But of course, we also get that little uh, hint of what's to come in here when he said, you know, what he realizes is like, you know, I had hoped to sit this fight out. Mm-hmm. Well, why? Why are you hoping to sit it out?
3: Well, I think that. And also, of course, we're going to know now.
0: What we're going to know. But I mean, if you didn't know why the when you first read it, but
1: I, I think not just that because I think this also harkens back, and you may not have this in your. In the one you picked up but the collection here reprints right after the cover it reprints a little note from alan milgram the editor i thank jim starlin for his extraordinary portrayal of marvell's adventures including this his last but he also notes and Mm -hmm. this is very central to marvell's character um he showed the greatest courage in his warrior's heart the courage to change and he sought a path of peace it was a path circumstances seldom allowed him to follow but the desire was there. And so I think that's like another thing they're trying to make just really central to to Marvel's character here, which is that he doesn't want to fight. He never wants to fight. He will when he feels it's necessary, when he is forced to, when he has to. But given the whenever you give him the choice, he will choose not to fight. And I, I got the sense that was why he had hoped to sit this one out.
0: Because it'll be a two.
1: As a baseline rule, he does not want to fight.
0: Either way, the fight is over now. Mm-hmm. Like I said, this is where we find out that they're worshipping Thanos. Mm-hmm. And, of course, Mentor loses his you-know-what. <laughs> and really worshipping
1: him, like, in, 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 in a very familiar way. They're awaiting his resurrection.
2: Hmm.
0: Yeah. But they kick them all out, and that's when we first get the actual, whether or not the other one was a hint here, we get the hint of something going wrong as Marvel basically... Falls to his knees, hacking and coughing. Coughing and
1: up blood, functionally speaking. Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And, and that's, that's that was interesting. Yeah, like, it's pretty much like, okay, he's he's being a little bit cagey. He's like, um, is perhaps Isaac's Metacenter can be of some aid, perhaps, but I doubt it. But see, he's not, still not saying anything.
0: Yeah, he was scared to be, he did want to admit it fully, but he knew it. He already knew the answer because of his powers.
1: Mm-hmm. And uh, yes, I cancer.
0: like
1: cancer or as they call it on Titan, the inner decay, or as they call the Cree, call it the black end.
0: Yeah, I, I like how they did it that way, kind of like bring you to cancer. It's like we call it the inner decay. They call it black End, mm-hmm. earthmen call it cancer.
2: Mm-hmm. It's
0: like just letting us know. Yeah, that's what it is. And mm-hmm. we see what caused it, which is why we read Captain Marvel 34 and 35. It was that exactly. nerve gas that he breathed in when fighting nitro. And uh, uh, he believes, actually, that he's actually
1: been fortunate in that the photonic power uh, generated by his Negaban wristlets um, has helped him fight it off and survive longer than he might have. Otherwise, he would have, as he says, in I probably should have died years ago.
0: Although um, we will find out whether or not that was a good thing later on in the issue.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: And, of course, here's the hard part of anything like this hmm yeah does your you know your wife basically know it's like yeah no, she was new to me like where did we meet her where did she up, come from she shows up at the end of the captain marvel series there's uh-huh. a story where basically isaac has kind of been corrupted by have been corrupted by thanos thanos left like a plan afterwards well actually have covered this already in a few episode a few episodes previously on the mm-hmm. show with me and sarah sentry and se fleemore
2: uh-huh. we're gonna be
0: covering these but yeah so that's where he met her Right, and she actually was working for them, for the villain. For the, but eventually, he basically convinced her to change.
1: Here was the one little, little tiny detail that kind of um, I had a little bit of a problem with. Uh, is here um, now? They're setting up. They're setting up basically the conflict for the rest of this story here, where he and Isaac are talking, and Isaac's basically like, um, you know, what, what, what can you do about this? How will you fight it? And captain marvel's basic like i don't know if i can as he says terminal disease fighting is a little out of my league i'm a warrior not a doctor and okay so it's that whole like 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 fighting versus acceptance sort of thing and that's the conflict for the rest of it but there's a little line here that kind of made me sympathetic to uh the uh, lex luthor of batman v superman uh, Mm -hmm. for a moment because he he says here um uh, when when uh uh, Isaac, uh, Isaac uh, when Mentor suggests uh, contacting the Kree to see if they can have any help to offer him in this fight against the Cancer or against the Black End, um, Captain Marvel says, no, war has always been the Kree Empire's chief preoccupation. They've never had the spare time or resources needed to find a cure for the Black End. They're a lot like Earth in that respect. At which point I was like, um, screw you, alien, judgy much. <laughs> uh <laughs> which I, you know, I don't think was the reaction I was meant to have, but that was basically I was like, you know, standing there on Titan, judging us get lost. Uh, but anyway, like I said, that was a minor, minor detail, a little throwaway yeah. line, because what we're really setting up here is he needs to find a way to like his end. See, he, he's realizing the extent to which his end is kind of inevitable. And while he his instinct, I think, is to fight this terminal disease.
0: Yeah, and like that, but yeah, no, I know what you're going with that, but yeah, because I'm wondering if actually with his cosmic awareness, does he actually know what the end is going to be, no matter what?
1: That that maybe, maybe, and I I think that makes him perhaps more. It, it's funny actually because it's a little bit of a little bit of Doctor Who here as well because the, the Doctor has gone on many times over the course of the series in his many incarnations about how Earth is his adopted home, and for all that he is an alien, it's had an effect on him and it has. Um, Changed the way he thinks and he views the universe in certain ways and I think maybe that's a little bit of what we're getting here because like you say, he has cosmic awareness I think he, and and we know that that's how he um, that is a part of how he understands what's going on with him uh, medically. The inside of his body is as um, an open book to him the way the rest of the universe is. That said um, so he's probably inclined for that reason to um, to acceptance to the end is inevitable and best resign myself and, and find a peaceful way to go. But as, as we will see, as this issue goes on, because he will be visited by many of his earth uh, friends and loved ones. And they, they they have a very different outlook on that uh, on that future. And I yeah. think that's a part of him too. At this point is, is the acceptance isn't a hundred percent.
0: no, now, for one thing, he hasn't really said it out loud. And that's something that I think does help with accepting things is actually saying it out loud to somebody. Right. Which right, he right. did to mentor. And now we're, I'm on that page where he's telling How do pronounce your name? Uh, Alesius. Her, Alesius. OK. Yep. Where he's telling her, which, by the way, is a beautifully done page. Beautifully done. Beautifully I
1: mean, done with with no words, no dialogue. You just see like it's all body language and it's alternate alternations between. Marvel and Alicia's, um just telling that moment in their body language, and then Mentor observing this moment from the window until he decides to give them their privacy, and he turns away and leaves. And it's just—it's a very sensitive and um,
0: beautifully done page for sure. Yeah, no, it's beautifully done. And then he's back to doing some of his. Tape, uh, you know, autobiography tapes. So he talks about how he merged with Rick Jones
2: mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. and all that fun stuff. And Jan Rog died and, and he helped the Avengers. And then we have a nice splash page of all the villains he's fought, most of which I don't know what they are.
1: Yeah, no, I yeah, exactly. I recognized some of them. You know, there's the, obviously the controller and um, a yeah. very melty nitro, which <laughs> curious yeah. about that one. Now, here's the thing. Off to the side we have the Hulk and we have the thing cuz he has fought both yep. of them.
0: And Jack of Hearts, the Watcher, mhm.
1: Skrulls, the 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 what are they called? The Akar, the Akan, the ones that the Yan yeah. uses his cat's paws boy yeah. back in the in the Arnold Drake
0: days, um the Sentry, the Cree yep. Sentry, Annihilus. the Stranger, mhm. Ronin, uh we got I think that's Orca, the killer whale, the Orc the the Atlantean character, the, 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 the other giant one.
1: The green Iron Man with the cape in the upper right is that the Adaptoid, the Super I Adaptoid? Think so, yeah, yeah.
0: So and of course even the Submariner,
1: more. even the yep. Submariner makes an appearance because who hasn't he fought really?
0: And I think the guy, I'm, um, I i do not know if I'm right or not, but I kind of want to say the guy right in front of the thing is Quasimodo. The, yeah, the, the, it looks, know, the, the robot guy that fought the Silver Surfer.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. That that does look that does look like him. Yeah. So, so anyway, it's yeah. So that's another good page, and, and here's then, a, the next, the next page, page is classic Starlin with Thanos like in profile looking in, and uh, we get a little bit of his uh, a recap of all. I just love. He began with an army of uh, an intergalactic army of thralls. Then there was that massive mind control experiment and the Cosmic Cube and so many other schemes and plans and my brain in- instantly filled in silently and shenanigans.
0: Yeah. <laughs> And we have, and Starlin managed to put in everyone that matters to the stuff he's done, whether or not Marvel fought them or not. Because I mean, we have the Magus, the mm-hmm. Mantis, yeah, and the Magistrate. Or uh, I forget her name, but she was basically the human in charge of the Universal Church of Truth, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which had nothing to do with Marvel. And behind Adam Warlock, I think that's the Man Beast. Yeah, yeah. Which again, nothing to do, <laughs> nothing to do with Marvel right pip the troll too nothing to do with marvell well at least he met pip okay okay comatose you know you know lobotomized pip but he met him at least yeah you know so i mean at least he met that person (laughs) briefly
1: briefly buried him no you're right and we have a gem Ooh, a gem an infinity gem hmm
0: and a cube but yeah and then we had the whole uh a quick rehash of the Mar- Avengers Annual, the Marvel Two One Annual, and Thanos just tried to destroy all the stars. Yep, yep. Although I do have to add, uh, it, 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 here's as
1: good a point as any to to note that I read this entire graphic novel, and do you know what I'm impressed that uh, Starlin managed to avoid um, mentioning even once in here the Kree Scroll War. Yeah, like that's doesn't true. get a single doesn't get a single shout out in any way, shape, or form. That just surprised me, is all.
2: Hmm,
0: that's true. Then we find out that after these events, him and Rick were able to separate because he was able right. to escape the negative zone and Rick was able to go on to his music career. Mm-hmm. Which were, did that, like, in-universe, was Rick ever a star or has he
1: always been a struggling musician? Has that always been his lot? I, I, I'm not sure. I don't sure. think
0: he's... Well, I mean it's not been his only thing he's done, but he's been like a low level musician. You know, mm-hmm. he's never gotten to like, it's not like you can say in the moral universe, he's up there with like Bruce Springs, you know, Bruce Springsteen or like the dazzler dazzler. Exactly. Yeah. She was Lila definitely Cheney. higher. Up yeah. But I mean, he was well known enough, you know, he, he would open for Lila Cheney. Yeah. He would open for things. He would, he would, he would get work. It's not like he was, Never had work. It's just I think also a big part of Rick was always like, oh, I got to go save the world. Excuse me.
1: No, that's totally fair. I just was never sure like how how that like played out for him uh, success wise. So Marvell does go to find Rick. And once again, I'm reminded of why Rick is not my favorite Marvel Universe character, because he just he does not take this news well. He's not helpful. No, he (laughs) is angry. He is angry and he is not down with this whole like sort of acceptance thing at all. There's Rick Jones. That's what it is. That's what it, it goes back to, like, even the early 60s, like the very first iterations of Rick Jones. I think what's always bugged me just as a fan about Rick Jones and why I've never able really to warm to him as a character. Rick Jones has no chill. None. <laughs> he has zero chill.
0: But Well, they discuss that later on. Him and Ulysses, mm-hmm. which is in this scene is where we get to the part the line you were talking about about Adam Warlock.
1: Ah, yes, yes, yes. He does. He says, I also keep remembering Adam Warlock. I was with him when he died. His was a hard and sad life, filled with pain and confusion. When death came for him, he welcomed it as a friend. I'll not do so. Interesting. I mean, I like that in a way. Like, I've enjoyed this life. It's had its bad moments, but it's had far more good moments. I'm going to miss it. And I think that right there, in a nutshell, that page and that, like, little four panel half a page scene um really encapsulates why in in the end accounting i was very i i liked this graphic novel and i think sterling did a good job with a very difficult subject because he didn't look away from it the fact is you know we're all like we all struggle with the end we all
0: do you know and there's something coming up in a little bit that we're gonna that's gonna be basically a thing that basically I think all of us think right and I
1: just like that the the maturity with which Starlin um, treats the subject he, he doesn't oversimplify it and he doesn't sugarcoat it but he also doesn't like 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 it's bittersweet and that is a, is a, is a tough nuance to pull off. And the fact that he was able to do it impressed me. And as someone who, who, who occasionally, who is occasionally not, uh, not as often as maybe I should be, but who is occasionally aware of his own mortality. Um, this was recognizable to me with respect to some of my, um, difficulties thinking about the inevitable end as mm-hmm. it were. So yeah. you know, I appreciated I appreciated the approach he took here. Um, and 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 I liked it and I give him all kudos and respect for that.
0: No, I agreed. And so next we got Rick talking to a couple of the smarter people, including the Black Panther and the Beast and the Vision and Yellow Jacket and Iron Man, basically being thing. a jerk. Yeah. Thing, you know, if you guys get it's like you guys can help cure Marvel. Like get to work.
1: And 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 they're like we're not sure we can. He's like, oh, I see, I get it. In other words, you'd like to help, but it's not good business. And I'm like, really, Rick? Really? That you,
0: you're gonna mm, play him like an that? He's an angry kid.
1: Oh my God, he's just yeah. Okay. <laughs>
0: he's an angry kid. And he's losing another father figure.
1: Well, and I get that. I get that he's upset. I no, I do. I get. But it's oh,
0: like he mean, is, just because you can understand it does not mean you have to like it. Right. He is. It, it's an it's interesting, two different things.
1: It's actually maybe it, it works out that way like maybe he's del- like I'm always unsure when 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 characters are depicted like this how far the the depictor in this case Jim Starlin sort of approves of or endorses the point of view being offered here but it just occurred to me that maybe he doesn't he isn't necessarily endorsing or approving of Rick's point of view but it's meant to be kind of a mirror image like right after we see marvel talking about and regarding his his impending death with about as much maturity and grace as it is possible to muster then we are immediately thereafter see his mirror image rick jones the negative zone negaband other side of the captain marvel equation dealing with marvel's impending death with as little maturity and grace as humanly possible.
0: Actually. And
1: perhaps that's deliberate.
0: Well, maybe because you just made me realize that that's right. But think about it. What was captain Marvel before he was captain Marvel? He was was a a Kree warrior. Yes. He was the one, you know, fight to the end, no matter what, Mm -hmm. for the glory of the Kree empire, Rick's young him fight to the end, no matter what, what do you mean? You're going to say, this is what's happening. No fight. You fight to the bitter end. And, exactly. Exactly. And if you're not going to fight, well then get the hell out of my way. Mhm. He is actually being the mirror image of him. He's the younger version of him.
1: Yeah, he's yeah, him with minus the cosmic awareness basically.
0: Yeah. So now we have that part. And I do like this part that, uh this that next page where we get the uh the news going out to the universe. Mhm. Mm-hmm. Cuz we get some stuff that's going to come up later in this issue, but also some like stuff some stuff that also that's interesting and also some stuff that kind of Makes me go with my Superman thing again. So it says the news is mixed. Sorry, the news is received with mixed feelings and we see the scrolls. Mm-hmm. And then here's the part about Superman shock and dismay. We just see normal people watching this on the news,
2: mm-hmm.
0: which normally like wouldn't have expected that to be, have be the res, res, uh, response from the world, which is it's kind of implying here. Yeah, but exactly. Exactly. If it's Superman. It is.
2: That's is appropriate.
1: No, absolutely. This is a strong, strong, strong analogy that you're, uh, you're 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 convincing me with your argument here that this is meant very um, strongly to be a super Superman analogy or allegory, as it were.
0: And if you didn't have enough reason to hate the Supreme Intelligence, his response, joyous triumph.
1: Yeah. Supreme Intelligence is, is a big yeah. dick.
0: Yeah. <laughs> we don't have to go through all of them, but who do you realize who's underneath the Supreme Intelligence? I was going to ask, is that Luann? I think so. Okay, but Marvel
1: wasn't anything to her, was she? Maybe uh, was, I mean I she was Rick's. That I, she was Rick's
0: girl. Yeah, I, I don't know if maybe that's just because of his connection to Rick, or maybe because what he did to help her. Okay, that could be. That could be. Yeah, yeah. She, yeah. He was the person who actually saved her.
1: No, you're 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 right. So no, you're absolutely right. So, but yeah, I, I that was I saw that panel and I was like, that's Luann, I think. Yeah,
0: and. So now we, we touch on, you know, time has passed. Marvel is actually losing. You can see it more and more in his face. Yeah, and I like that. I like that he mentioned
1: um, uh, it's given me an excuse to get out of my old red and blue leotard. I'm afraid I've lost too much weight to look anything but silly in it. And it's like that's a lovely, lovely little, tu- like a lovely little bit of reality, like just to put in here. I love it.
0: Yeah. And then his talk with Star Fox. Mm hmm. Basically it's like is I know you Star care he Star Fox
1: about her. yet or is he still exclusively Eros at this point in Marvel I, he's Eros, history? He's I don't.
0: okay it's in my head Star Fox. But yeah, I don't think he becomes Star Fox until he joins the Avengers. Okay. So he's just Eros here. But yeah, basically it's like, I know you care for her. Please look up, watch out for her while I'm gone. hmm She's gonna need a no, she's gonna need a friend.
1: Mm-hmm. And, so and friend. Yeah.
0: And it just leaves him in tears. Yep, absolutely. Absolutely. And then we need this little background about her in case no one knew like you didn't know who she was you at least have an idea now mm-hmm. you know they fought they were formed you know basically changed minds and then yeah. they they
1: fell in love and they dreamed of a future that is now not to be
0: although he's wrong here mm-hmm. but now our plans are yesterday's dreams and our children are what might have been well they will have kids yeah, yep. He's dead, but we're going to have uh Genisvell and Vi- Philabell and Philo well, a version of Philo still running around.
1: And and yeah, I, and I I've, I've been meaning to read the uh the Genisvell series by uh um Peter David, the the pair of series as it were.
0: Yeah, the one that, came, that started up after Avengers Forever. Correct. I enjoyed
1: awesome. it. Yep. Um well, it's Peter David, how could you not? Yeah. And and here is the rage and and you know, he's not he wants to accept it gracefully, but he isn't quite as stoic as as he would like because the pain comes and he just lashes out and destroys some machinery it's a moment it's a that's a tough moment
0: and that last that last set of panels on the last half of that page that's something i can relate to i think probably most of us view it this way yes it's not as if you've been singled out for this everyone has to die someday or did you think you were unique yes i guess that's what it yes i guess that's what it's all about I just never figured it would happen to me. Deep down inside me, I felt that those special things that make me who I am would just live forever. It's hard to accept that the world is going to go on without me. Damn. Yeah. Yeah. No. It's, and I mean, that's kind of. You're right.
1: That, spoke, we know, that spoke right to We know to ourselves
0: me. from when we're born or not. What, Whatever type of person we are, whatever, we know, you know, we're always in our own skin. Mm-hmm. These are the things we know and it's like, this is not going to exist anymore. Right. I mean, for, I I think that's something, I mean, I can't say everyone, but I know for, I'm sure that's probably something that a lot of us can go. Yeah. I kind of get that.
1: Oh, I really got that. Like that, that those were words. I mean, personally, I've, I've I've, I've thought words very similar to that myself on more than one occasion. So that whole passage. Yeah. He really spoke to me with that
0: one. Yeah. And, Mentor checks in because even though Rick was angry at those heroes, most of them, you know, he didn't give them a chance before when he stormed out on them. Just for most of them to say, oh, we've already made arrangements. We're going go, we're trying to, we're working on this now. We're already going up to Titan to try and work on this problem. Mm-hmm. And Mentor walks into a room where we have Thor tapping into his Don Blake identity, medical knowledge, I'm assuming.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, the
0: Beast, Mr. Fantastic, and Dr. Strange trying to work on this. But the problem is, what was a good thing before? The Nega Bands. Mm-hmm. Because of them keeping the cancer in check for so long, the cancer is now able to overpower it, right. But he needs them now to live. Without them, he probably would die within a few hours, right. So you can't take them off, but the cancers too strong to fight now, otherwise
1: exactly. Or as the beast puts it uh, very succinctly, the one thing that's keeping Marvel alive is also keeping us from curing him,
0: yes, which is what I was saying before is was it a good thing about the bands? like, there's a chance he would have died earlier, or would it have maybe been shown up early enough that he could have, that treatment would have worked if he didn't have the nigga bands,
2: hmm As opposed mm-hmm.
0: to what did happen, which is they kept in remission for so long, but to the point where the cancer was able to overpower it. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's, what's it called? Woulda, coulda, shoulda.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: And unfortunately, though, we have uh, bad news. He's collapsed. And basically, he's going to be bedridden for the rest of the issue.
1: Yep. And, and uh, as Mentor says, time our time is short. Let's make every moment count. And, you know, he's basically telling them, yeah, okay,
0: you did what you could. But now we have, you know, we need to deal with this another way. And so now, basically, it's the end coming. And now it's time for the visitors. Mm-hmm. And we get a splash page of a lot of visitors.
1: The X-Men, the Avengers, the,
0: the Defenders.
1: The new Defenders. Um the old defenders.
0: <laughs> Ghost Rider.
1: Yep.
0: There's some fun interactions here too. I mean Spidey and the torture chatting.
1: Uh-huh, makes sense. Uh-huh.
0: It looks like the Hulk's hitting on Tigra
1: yes yes it does and it looks like um actually it looks like the not only that the hulk is hitting on tigra but that he's in the process he's getting in the way of uh namor doing so
0: and it also looks like devil slayers like wasn't paying attention he's trying to stop hercules from hitting on tigra
1: right and so is iron man i think iron man is also attempting to uh
0: i think he's just trying to hold hercules back or maybe he's trying to hold hercules back so he can look cool and franklin's even there oh yeah Yeah, so
1: yeah so it's it's
0: Basically, the Marvel Universe is 1982. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we even got it. Very, it's hard to see them, but in the very back, behind Storm, we got Luke Cage and Iron, Iron and Iron Fist.
1: Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yes.
0: Basically, if they were being published by Marvel at this point, they're on there. They're, they're on here.
1: there. So the whole universe basically comes to pay their last respects. Yeah. Um, and uh, he says he says goodbye to Eleseus.
0: Yeah, and Man. this is the thing. Uh, this is the other part I was gonna say before when we talked about him accepting it,
2: because
0: mm-hmm. I because what she says here is uh, basically she's like she was afraid that his end would be violent. He mm-hmm. would die alone on some distant planet with enemies around him, and said she's like at least this way I can be with you to the end and squeeze out every moment of life I can. And I'm wondering if that's also going back with what I said before about the cosmic awareness and everything. If this is why he's trying not to spend his time fighting, he's like I know. This is my cosmic words tells me this is what's going to happen. I could spend my time fighting. But what am I, what am I losing at -hmm. the end
2: Mm
1: -hmm. when
0: I I die, I die anyway. But I I missed out on
1: the opportunity to, to make my last moments count the way I want them to.
0: Yeah. Instead of ending it this way with her you know, spending his time with her and his other friends, talking to them, being with them one more time, at least as opposed to obsessively on his own, because, for better or for worse the people the group working on it miss it all like you don't see dr strange with them you don't see reed richards of the black panther or, or the beast or thor they're working on the problem not that they don't care obviously they care a lot but mm-hmm. it seems like they kind of miss out on the last moments Mhm. they don't get that
2: Mhm. it's
1: true it's true spidey sp- the moment that spidey has there shortly thereafter really hit me because i've i've been spidey um uh, at, at, at one point in oh, my yeah, life, the,
0: he, the thing he's there for the thing and the human torch. And they're talking about the, the fight from captain Marvel 25. Yeah. The first yep. issue we covered.
1: Yep. And they told they Spidey just has to leave. Spidey yeah. just has to leave. He it's, it's too much for him. And I, I get that. I feel that I've been there. Um,
0: and I love how like the, the thing is like Spidey, get the hell ready to tell him, get the hell back here. Right. And I and love what Marvel says here.
1: Yes. I do, too. He's, it's great. He's, death, death touches all of us in different ways. Some barely feel it's passing. Others, it strikes right in the face. Yeah. Yep. And,
0: and then, Spidey's and then, the guy who gets punched in the face by it every time.
1: And, and what Spidey says is also um, um, very interesting. He goes, I mean, this just can't be happening. Captain Marvel is one of us. He's a full-blown card-carrying superhero. We die from bullets and bombs, not from something like cancer. It just can't be. Um, and uh, the, then the beast gives him wise words in return. None of us have much of a say on how we're going to end this life.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. And this is when Rick shows up mm-hmm. and basically breaks down. Mm-hmm. And I, I love this. Oh God! I mean, he does, Starlin does these quiet moments so well, where the thing just walks, the thing and Johnny just walk out. He just shuts the door. It's like yeah. they're going to want to be alone for a while.
1: Exactly. Drax and Moon Dragon show up. That's an interesting uh, last oh, respect.
0: That's oh that, yeah. Later on, obviously after the crying and stuff. Mm-hmm. Because like I said again, this is dad basically. This is surrogate yeah. father dying. Yep. And uh, I wonder. If, uh, I don't know if the I don't know if it works well. The analogy works well enough to make him Jimmy Olsen. Yeah. No, but I I, I like and I
1: like this is interesting. Drax is like oh. <laughs> Yeah, um, we've all been handed a lot of garbage through our lives about what death is like. Because no he's actually been dead. I, no <laughs> description I've ever heard even comes close. It's indescribable, and it's really not all that bad. To which Marvel responds, "Thanks, Drax, but you'll forgive me if I don't rush off to find out if you're giving it to me straight." Yeah, of course,
0: take your time. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, you're it's like- it's
1: a, another another great moment. That's what I like. Like like he filled this with good moments, you know. Yeah.
0: And things that work for those particular characters, Drax had died. So he's like, yeah, I've been dead. You know, dead, dead. Not just in a coma or thought dead or anything like that. I've been dead. So, and, know, and meanwhile, for Spider-Man, it's like, yeah, that's Spidey, right? There. Yeah. It's like, oh, God, someone else has died. Like, I can't. This is. Yeah. But I, I like, lo- and then we get to the part we get here I love where uh, Drax and Moondragon have someone with them, which is. We kind of, you know, they tell us about that her- earlier, a few pages before, when everyone starts showing up. It says, one ship wasn't given immediate clearance, but somebody on there promised basically good behavior. Yep, that would be this right here. Yeah, and Drax is there. He brought with him, uh, who was it? Uh, General Zedar- Zedra- Zedrao. Sure, Zedrao. Yep.
1: Gen- General Zedrao.
0: Yeah, he is here as an official affair of state. Mm-hmm. Because... It's not just that Marvel has been their enemy. He has been their greatest enemy. He's like, you are quite possibly the greatest warrior who ever walked the stars, and we respect you, and we another, honor you.
1: This is another big Superman moment, basically.
0: Yeah, and he gives him the Royal Scroll Medal of Valor. And that's a really nice,
1: that's a really nice little bit here. Then after he leaves, and, and 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 Rick's like, well, gee, that's nice. Why wouldn't the Kree do that? And you know, basically Marvel points out how the Kree like consider him a traitor, and it's like, it's that is always that's always been an interest, a, a good thing that I liked that Marvel did throughout its universe. Like even going back to the sixties, I guess, which is that like when we first got the sense of the Kree and the Skrulls, and it's like it would have been so easy. So easy to do Cree good Skulls, Skrulls bad. But the fact that they made the Skrulls, like, I'm sorry, that the fact that they, that they decided to depict the Cree as so corrupted as well.
0: Right. Yeah, there's no, it's good, like, there's no good side.
1: Right. I mean, and I mean, and then they continued that into the seventies when they introduced the Shi'ar.
2: Mm-hmm. It's like
1: for
0: all, for all that
1: the Shi'ar had. Lilandra, you know the love of Charles Xavier's life. Like, let's face it, the 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 Shiar uh, um, Imperial Guard—they're they're a bunch of jerks. Oh god, yeah. So uh, so yeah, so like I like that they don't just make it black and white, you know? That oh these are the good guys and these are the bad guys. It's like no 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 everybody's everybody's got shades of bad basically.
0: By the way, just want to point out what happened here. Mm-hmm. Same thing in the Captain Marvel movie. The I mean, Grant the Marvel character in that movie, yeah, honored by the Skrulls, right? Hated by the Kree, right? Exactly, yes. I mean, it's not obviously it's not an exact one for one thing, but you know they took that they took a lot of the big points of like yeah at the end of their life Mar- at the end of their life Marvel was honored by the Skrulls and hate and the Kree were still like screw you, good good and that's a good thing yeah very cool. But unfortunately, this seems to be the last good moment for Marvel because mm-hmm. a little later, uh, Arrow shows up to tell his father Marvel has fallen into a coma. We're too
1: late, just as it has in every other instance in human history, basically. They could not cure cancer.
0: We have failed you, Captain Marvel.
1: And at midnight, he he, he meets, he drifts away. And he hears mentors say, so unfair, so unfair, so
0: unfair, 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 unfair.
1: And then he meets Thanos once yeah, he again.
0: actually, tur- I mean, I like how this, this, cha- I can see this being cinematically done of like Marvel's face, this lower part of the panel where Marvel's face is laying there. And then it starts changing and turning into the face of Thanos until it's the stone face of Thanos in the basement. Yep. Like and I could see that dissolve like being done on like a movie or something. Mm-hmm. And Thanos shows up. And all of a sudden the room's empty and he's like, this is not the way you need to go out. Let's fight. Yeah. For you,
1: death should be a glorious event. So rise captain Marvel and captain Marvel is whole again. And, um, Thanos is like, you will, I returned for the darkness for one last magnificent battle and behold the heart of your universe. I have come. And so all of a sudden he's like, it's funny. Cause he goes, it's a little bit of whiplash. Cause he goes from saying you were meant to have a glorious end. So I have come back to have a great battle with you. And then all of a sudden he's like, this is the heart of your universe and I have come to destroy it. It's like, okay, <laughs> so I'm going to try and do something bad. You have to stop me. This is how it's going to happen. It's like, in a way it's kind of like, in a way it's, it's sort of awesomely like it's awesome of Thanos to do that. But in a way it's so like, contrived like like he's playing at it in a way.
0: Well, I don't know. Yeah. It's it's, well, it's that's also what he says next. Think about it. I have come to destroy it. Why? Because I am Thanos. And because you are Captain Marvel, your job is to try and stop me. Yep. I mean, it's my question is is this Thanos or is this just in Marvel's head?
1: I think this is just in Marvel's head, frankly. Yeah,
0: I don't think this actually is Thanos. I think this is just Marvel's brain coming this to grips is, and and that's this, why it is. It's like I'm here to destroy things. Why? Because I'm Thanos and that's what I do. And you have to fight me because that's what you do.
1: Mar- Marvel will go to his end, but he will go to his end with one last defeat of evil, so to speak.
0: So they start fighting and we even get the ghosts of like other dead villains he's fought before. Yep. And they come back and he starts fighting them. And they're it's a very strong trope of like these creatures made out of stone.
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah.
0: Because like, like, he hits them and they're shattering. Yes. The best part is, though, as he's breaking, like he's punching them. So the heads are coming off and it's obviously not blood and guts. It's just stone. So it's just and, like a and, statue. And, ro- and like a, little, a little
1: peg, a little peg that their heads sat on.
0: Yeah, And they're still talking. Grab yeah. him, smash him.
1: But it's so it's so interesting because in a way, it's that one again, again, with the in a way that Starlin is trying to depict this very difficult subject in something of an unflinching way. So throughout this issue, like with the exception of that one moment earlier where he lashed out and destroyed the machine, captain Marvel has been accepting his approaching death with like grace and resignation. But in a way, this is like that one last kick when it comes to the moment, when it comes to the moment, he can't just accept it, resign himself and peacefully drift away. He as like, this is his last like sort of kick against the end. He says this light and life are, have always been my gods. The pride is that of the never vanquished. If I am to die, I shall die fighting. It's like, he's like, no, I can't just slip away from cancer in my bed, peacefully surrounded by friends. I'm captain Marvel. And if I'm going to go, I'm going to like, it's that one last kick against the against the end and it's yeah. like it's like in a way it's it's heroic in a way it's comic booky but if you tilt your head just right in a way it's sort of a heartbreaking like it's it's a it's a heartbreaking and futile last attempt to not succumb futile as it seems futile mm-hmm. as he must know it is but he just can't. Accept it all the way, and that's heartbreaking in in, in a way. I like and I Thanos. kind of, and I like it. I love, yeah. I love how, how unflinching like Starlin is to include a moment like this here in this, in this, in this very heavy piece of work.
0: Like Thanos says here right at the one page, obstinate he? which the yeah. one with the severed head says, very, uh-huh. <laughs> with a little humor too, because that, that was very amusing. Mm hmm but he even smashes Thanos because Thanos is not real. Mm -hmm. And then another Thanos shows up picking up the head of the Thanos. He just broke. Right. Right. Because I am finite and I accept it. Like that's all there's left of me. I'm just a statue. Mm -hmm. And so death finally shows up. Contest is over and she comes for you. Yeah. And I like how Marvel says, you know, it's not that I fear her. And he basically because it's the death with the human-looking face. Right, right. And he basically says, I no longer need the illusion. And she's now the skull. You know, it's now death. Not just mm-hmm. the, you know, the pretty woman that they use. It's just the skull in the cloak. And that's it. And, and she, she takes him. She takes him, and they go off to see... What happens next?
1: Very somewhat reminiscent, like that sort of walking away into the light is somewhat reminiscent of uh, Warlock's end in the Marvel 2-in-1 mm-hmm. annual.
0: True. That's very true. And all we know is, as we see back in reality, the mentor just turns off the machines and says, he's gone. And and That's pull, pulls it. the sheet up. And then
1: we get, uh, I don't know if you get it, but the back cover of the original graphic novel it's was not on
0: this one, but yeah, I know what you're all
1: about. the heroes, all the heroes standing around a monument, a memorial, a grave, I guess, um, which is a little plinth with a ringed planet atop it. Very reminiscent of the symbol that was on his Cree uniform back at the very beginning.
2: Mm-hmm. And,
1: um, they're all just like standing there silently and respectfully with their heads bowed. And it's, uh, it's 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 powerful. It's a powerful and and above them all um, is the star that was his new chest crest when uh, his had... red and blue tights. Yes. And and it shines over them all. And it's it's a very powerful and moving end to a very powerful and moving piece of work. And the 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 having finally read it now. Thank you for getting me to do that. Al, I have to say I have to say it. I'd always heard. The death of Captain Marvel, that that the very first Marvel graphic novel, I'd always heard it spoken of in somewhat reverent tones, um, for the forty years since it was first published. And in all honesty, um, I think it deserved. It deserves that that reverence that it has always been spoken of, especially yeah. for its time. Especially for its time. Like if you judge it by the standards of twenty first century comic book making, it maybe is a little primitive. It maybe is a little clunky. But f- for nineteen eighty two, it was as bold and honest a piece of art possible a, a piece of art as the as the medium had ever seen
0: yeah and you can see why he has not been brought back uh, yeah
1: no and 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 good like you know death was final for this one and good you know
0: yeah and, you know he mean he left a le- he left a legacy so you know we can't say you know it's like it's not like his story ended you know everything ended about him forever like you know nothing has ever been done with that you know the The concept but the man
1: is dead and uh and 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 powerful strong strong stronger for it in (laughs) the man is dead and stronger for it but you know his (laughs) it it does it it makes his memory mean something
0: i think yeah this this death means something because i mean we have too many of them where like we see them die we go especially if it's a main character right i mean like when they kill somebody minor you're like oh crap if you like that character you're like oh crap they're not coming back
1: yeah yeah
2: like you exactly. know
0: when they killed i mean whether or not the stories were good or not doesn't matter i'm not saying they were bad or you know i'm not criticizing or saying they were bad mm-hmm. some of them were good but spider-man dead because dr octopus has killed a soul and it's he's the one in that there now yeah and i love yeah, that story. that's not lasting forever i love and i loved that story dying oh, light yeah. was a
1: great story dying wish but, i mean dying wish but, was a great story
0: but it's like, yeah, no, he's not gone forever. Oh, Thor has been replaced and gone. No, he's not gone forever. The Human Torch died. No, he's not.
1: Superman. Um, Charles Xavier. Um, yeah. Wolverine. Wolverine. I mean, yeah. Him
0: dead for longer than I thought.
1: Yeah, no, I agree.
2: I but agree.
0: There was no doubt he was going to come back at some point. The equality mm-hmm. question was, how long were they going to wait? But he was going to come back. Now, of course, if, let's say, now I find out that they killed off uh, Danny Ketch, the 1990s Ghost Rider, well, <laughs> he might not come back. Yeah, you would not expect him to come back, correct. Uh, they kill off Darkhawk. Heck, they, yeah. killed off, they
1: killed off Warlock, Gamora, and Pip. And, guess what? <laughs> they came, they'll came. they be back. They killed off Thanos. Yep. And the cat came back
0: with yeah. it. Sorry. Uh... But yeah, no. But Marvel, they let him stay at rest. And I'm grateful to them for that.
1: So, thus endeth the Captain Marv, the Marvel portion of our, uh, mm-hmm. of, our tra- of, of our of our of our of our travels through the history of Adam Warlock and Thanos.
0: Yes. Rest in peace, Marvel. You have earned it.
1: Afternoon, everybody. Ryan! How's that baby treating you, Mr. Daly? Like Thanos, snapping his fingers at my bank account. In that case, how about a beer on the house? Sure. Gotta give my mouth something to do between podcasts. Say, Ryan, I don't get how you have so much time for podcasting. Doesn't your wife want
2: you spending time with the baby?
1: Would you? Truth is, I think she's a little worried about how much time I'm spending with the kid, ever since his first words were Dago Dagobah system. <laughs> now she wants me to go out and do something mature, something productive, and most of all, something lucrative that can support the family.
3: So you're going to... Podcast about cheers, yeah. <laughs>
1: that kid's not going to start college for 18 years. I got time. Cheers cast the podcast where everybody knows your name coming soon to the fire and water network.
0: Now, before we get to the closing of the episode, we have one more story to talk about. And this is a Carol Danvers story, a backup from Marvel fanfare 24. And this time Brian isn't with me with this um, so we decided to try something different. So all the way from the other side of the world, from the high from the high temple of Khonshu, we have the high priest of Khonshu, Ray.
3: Hello, Salut- good, good salutations from the temple. <laughs> um, so glad to be here. Thank you for, for allowing me to uh, to jump in on this cool cool little story.
0: Yes, yes, and it has nothing to do with the fact. The, the reason the original host for the rest of the issues here isn't here has nothing to do with the fact that I didn't realize this story existed until not too long ago when, went, oh, crap.
3: <laughs> the shooting from the hip, I love it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> i got to figure out how to add this in somewhere. Who's free? <laughs> <laughs> and thankfully you said, yeah, sure, why not?
3: Yeah, of course. I always jump uh, at an opportunity. I don't believe we've really collaborated that much before. Uh, I know that you've collaborated with one of my co-hosts, Connor. Right
0: yeah, there. on the uh, Last Sons. Last Suns, yeah.
3: Yeah, Yeah, we were but talking about
0: the uh, the Fleischer cartoon, the Super mm. Fleischer cartoons.
3: Yes. Which are fun. Yeah. Which are good, yeah. Yeah, yeah. they're good.
0: <laughs> but yeah, so we are talking about the backup story for Marvel Fanfare 24, which if you picked up this issue, you probably wouldn't even realize there was a backup story because it's basically a Wolf Riders weird world story. <laughs> With, you know, a couple of elves and orcs and whatever on the cover.
3: One of those really random, like, if you're an ardent, like, Marvel fan and you pick up this issue, it's kind of, what the, what the F is happening? (laughs) I've never seen this before in Marvel. So, very fantasy, very kind of, yeah. Yeah,
0: unless unless you had read some of the weird world stuff they had in, like, some of their other random issues before, like Marvel feature or premiere or whatever. Mm Mm-hmm. You wouldn't have seen. You wouldn't know what this was. No, not at all. Yeah, because I'm right now. I'm just real quick. I'm looking at the trade that this is reprinted in, and it's all that also includes like Marvel Super Special number twelve and thirteen from the late seventies. Oh, and eleven, Epic Illustrated thirteen. You know, a couple issues of Epic Illustrated. So it's you know, it's a random little thing that these creators do. Yeah, but it is a nice PK Russell cover, so I
3: like that. Oh, we were talking about the the caliber. Of creators on it, so it's you know it's not nothing short of you know solid from the writing and the art. So yeah,
2: yeah, yeah.
0: Doug, M- Doug Munch and Mike Plug and P. Craig Russell doing the work on this on that cover story, which would be pretty cool to talk about. So we're not going to. <laughs> Although there is the uh, little. Did you see the editorial in the beginning? Oh
3: <laughs> no, the editorial.
0: Yeah, oh, Al at Mil- the very
3: beginning of the issue. Yeah, Yes, 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 yes
0: yeah, yeah, Al Milgram yeah. complaint whining that yeah. apparently he's not in the cover box anymore.
3: <laughs> that's right. I forgot about those. I, I didn't read it for – sorry, this issue, but I have read a few uh, fanfares before I remember the edit- editorial. They're, they're pretty funny.
0: Yeah. Well, the main thing that's amusing me here is that he's upset because of being in – not being in the cover. I guess he was in the cover box, cor- you know, the corner box, and now he's not. Okay. And the last two panels of this whole thing, he's saying, They just don't like me out there. Nothing can cheer me up now. Nothing. Sales figures yeah. in your first issue of Secret Wars 2, and yeah. that <laughs> cheers <laughs> them up. And it's like, Ooh. <laughs> That's a so,
3: yeah.
0: But every time someone's cheered up by Secret Wars 2,
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think it's pretty clever, the, the third panel, because it is literally the back of the cover. It's got the, the mirror image of yeah. the, the top thing, the top yeah. tag, or whatever you call yeah. it. Yeah.
0: Yeah, because these because the Marvel fanfare didn't really have ads from what I remember. So like this would have been on the inside cover, the editorial. Mm. So you're right. I didn't realize that, but you're right. Yeah, where the corner box is on the inside is exactly behind where it would have been.
3: Yeah. So he so does little, it reversed. Yeah. So little owl is is living behind the, the front cover. You know, in these Isn't panels.
0: That, is that where all the characters live inside the cover? <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah. They're hiding in there. All the creators. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Sitting there yelling at each other. <laughs>
3: uh-huh.
0: <laughs> but we are talking about the backup story, Elegy. So give us a moment. I'm going to drop into the synopsis real quick, and we will be right back. Marvel Fanfare number 24, Elegy. Writer, Chris Claremont. Pencils, David Ross. Inks, Bob Wiacek. Colors, Bob Sharing. Letters, Rick Parker. Cover art, P. Craig Russell. Editors, Al Milgram and Rosemary McCormick Lowe. Cover dated January 1986. On sale date October 8th, 1985. With a cover price of $1.50. You can find this reprinted in Super Aventuras Marvel number 76, a 1988 Brazilian reprint. Glee Incredibly X-Men number 3, a 1990 Italian reprint. Marvel Gold. La Impossible Patrulla X, number 4, a 2015 Spanish reprint, Marvel Masterworks, Ms. Marvel, Volume 2, from 2016, Captain Marvel, Ms. Marvel, A Hero Is Born, Omnibus, from 2018, True Believers, Captain Marvel, No. 1, from 2019, and the Ms. Marvel Epic Collection, Volume 2, The Woman Who Fell to Earth, from 2019. A group of heroes gather at Avengers Mansion for the floating superhero poker game, after a few rounds, Monica Rambeau arrives. Carol finds out that Monica is a new Avenger, as well as the newly appointed Captain Marvel. After she asks about Marvel and finds out he is dead, she transforms into Binary and flies away. She looks for Marvel's grave, and when she finds it, she mourns not for the fact that he's gone, but that she feels no emotion for his passing. She recalls how they met and how they fell for each other. She leaves his grave, and afterwards, Wolverine finds her watching the sunset over the ocean. She tells him of her emotional detachment caused by Rogue, and that she's going to join the Star Jammers to leave her old life completely behind. They say their goodbyes, and she flies away once more. And we are right back. Well, we did say that that first story has some all-star creators, but it's not like the creators on this story are, you know, complete unknown who have, unknowns who have no idea what they're doing. Yeah, sure. I mean, we have Claremont as the writer.
3: Big name. I did not expect to like – when you when you asked me, let's have a read for this, this backup story of issue 24, I was usually like, – Claremont would have been the last person I would have thought, actually. So, yeah, that was a pleasant surprise.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, he was a big Carol Danvers fan. I mean, he did work on the series for – her the Miss Marvel series for a while. He was her writer.
3: Oh, was he? Okay. I, actually, I've got the volume – I've read – uh, I was a while ago, though the Volume 1 of the Epic Collection for Miss mm-hmm. for Marvel. Um, yeah, I'm just trying to – I'm struggling to think. It probably was him um, in in those early, yeah.
2: Yeah,
0: it's been a while since I read it. I have or had somewhere the uh, Essential, you know, the black and white one. Oh, no, okay, that. yeah, yeah. I just – it's been a while since I read that.
2: Yeah.
3: But I'm I, pretty I guess, sure he did a lot of it. Yeah, I mean, I think – a lot of comic fans would, of course, associate him with the X-Men. That was his big kind of playground. But, yeah, he, he did a lot of other diverse things as well. So, you know, I guess as we're saying, Miss Marvel, he did a lot of Spider-Woman um, yep. in the the first uh, volume. So he cut his teeth on, on a fair few titles before yeah. kind of landing as the prominent X-Men writer.
0: And you can kind of figure out some of them by reading his issues of, you know, Wolverine and X-Men and seeing who he brings in a lot and who who becomes supporting characters. I mm. mean, he wrote Spider Woman, Jessica Drew, for a while, and who is a big supporting character in his issues of Wolverine, when well, Wolverine got his own solo title. Jessica Drew. Yes. He wrote Miss Marvel for a while, you know, for a while. Once she lost her powers and was out of the Avengers, why she becomes an X Men supporting character?
3: Yes, that's true. That is true. Um, I mean, he even tried to steal Misty Knight and
0: Colleen Wing for a while because he had written them for a while in Iron Fist. Yeah.
3: Well, I guess that's always the case with these writers. They always they love to play with the toys that they're, they're familiar with. And, and you see it a lot with modern writers today as well. Um, one instance, of course, uh, you know, say Jed McKay, who's, who, who did Black Cat, doing mm-hmm. Doctor Strange, does Moon Knight. Uh, he's very much working within... You know the characters he's actually um, had the privilege of writing. So yeah, 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 it's not unheard of.
0: Yeah, and in fact, he probably was the biggest Carol Danvers champion for the longest time. I mean, if it wasn't for him, when her series got canceled, if he just went, okay, I'm guess I'm done with that. I'll go do X Men still. Mm-hmm. She might have just never popped up for you know been nowhere for decade for like a decade or two.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely.
0: I mean, after all, he's when they wrote, reference Avengers Annual ten later, he's the one who wrote that.
3: Yeah, yeah, the, the big, that big moment where Rogue, um, yeah, first well, appearance well, of Rogue, right, yeah, yeah gets gets, uh, basically sucks the <laughs> the life and identity out of Carol.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's the, you know, I mean, it's weird, like, if you look at the list of Avengers of writers, and also you see Claremont, there, like, wait, when did he write Avengers?
3: Mm, yeah, weird, isn't it? I know. Yeah,
0: he's like, it's... he writes this one annual, which is basically, the, you know, the way of uh, kind of fixing what happened to Carol Danvers from Avengers
3: 200. Yeah, look, I I try to, find that issue I, I was just naive just thinking oh, okay let's see if i can pick up i went on ebay had a look for avengers annual 10 mm, i don't think I, I don't think i can um, um yeah i don't think i can afford i mean it's not terribly priced but it's it's a bit too much for a comic book i think for something that i'm you know yeah, yeah that's a big uh, big issue
0: yeah it's like oh, i'll get the collection instead <laughs> yeah exactly yeah i'll read it. i'll read it somehow but yeah and this is the long-established uh poker game that they people like to bring up periodically, mm-hmm. which is always fun to see who they put in the poker game.
3: I love it. I love it because you get the dynamics. It's kind of like everyone gets a chill for a bit. You even get like you know Nick Fury here, who's always kind of a bit tight, <laughs> a bit yeah. a bit stiff. Uh, yeah, so it's great to it's great to see everyone letting their hair down. The thing, of course, has to be featured. Yeah, no, with poker, He's, he always seems to yeah. be there.
0: He's what I think. It's like him and Fury and the Beast are usually like three of the ones that seem to appear the most. Mm. Yeah. To be fair, with the thing and Beast, it's probably because artists want to draw them because I mean, it's something interesting.
3: Yeah, the Beast is cool. I love I love the Beast when he was in the Avengers. <laughs> it was oh, uh, yeah. It's a nice little, you know, nice little spot that he had. And of course, we've got the other uh, one of the other guests, Wonder Man. Yes. The Bros, big bromance between the two. Oh God, yeah. The buddies. <laughs>
0: Yeah. The party boys,
3: no, they're great, good value.
0: And Jarvis, and rounding out the team is Jarvis and uh Ma- Manhattan DA Blick Tower, who I want to say is from either Iron Fist or Power Man series, or you know, the Power Man Empire and Iron Fist series.
3: Yeah, yeah, very much. Uh, I think so. I, I, yeah, I think you're probably right. I would have thought maybe either that or Daredevil, but um, yeah.
0: But I'm also wondering because I think I, – I kind of associate him with those characters in my head. I don't know why, yeah. but I kind of do. So I would wonder if it's the Iron Fist – if it's from Iron Fist because, again, like I said, Claremont writing Iron Fist.
3: Ah, uh, yep, true, true. I well, mean, that's why, that's why
0: That's why he tried Trump. to steal Misty Knight and Colleen Wing before – you know, when
3: – for mm-hmm. a while.
0: I mean, that's where – you know, uh, what's his name? But that minor X character Sabretooth, that minor mm, villain, yes.
3: yeah. that's where he <laughs> that's first right. shows up. That's true. That's true. Yeah, yeah.
0: Would make sense. I didn't look him up, but it would make sense if he is an Iron Fist character. Claremont's like, Who I, reckon, else
3: can I, I, I think you're on the money there, Al. I reckon it, make, it makes sense.
0: And you know what's funny? So, besides characters whose books he wrote before, let's just assume I'm right about Blake Tower, he also would in the future write a Fantastic Four for a while. Chris Claremont, did he? Yeah. Uh, oh. After Onslaught. Oh, okay not the heroes were born one by with jim lee jim lee was you know i forget who did the scripting on that but Mm -hmm. when they did the heroes return after that when they came back to the regular marvel wow okay the first three issues were i think it was scott lubdell and alan davis Mm -hmm. and after that it was claremont that was took over the writing from like issue like four to like 30 something okay wow
3: that that's a substantial run i am pretty
0: sure that he is the writer that brought back um what is her name valeria the daughter oh
3: okay i'm right. pretty
0: sure that happened i am 95 sure that happened during his run
3: wow i was moving and shaking with stuff over at the uh at the backs of building Friggin hell
0: yeah but anyway so yeah so we had the poker. T- we had the game and of course
3: we'll, you know Carol shows up with Wolverine. Can I just say I love Wolverine's style? Call it dated. Nah. It, you, you know, wear something like that today. I, I'd love to strut down the street like that.
2: <laughs> well, it does help when you yeah. know
3: you can kill pretty much anyone that walks <laughs> by. Exactly. exactly. No one wants to say anything again. So just for listeners, he's got, Um, I don't I'm not a fashion but He's got purple pants. He's got like a green checkered shirt. And he's got this awesome... Jacket with like a furry collar and furry cuffs. Yeah, uh, so it's kind of
0: like a short jacket because like it barely goes to like where his belt is. You know,
3: where the pants <laughs> are well. Jeez, uh, but that's well, I guess it's good
0: for movement. You know, it doesn't get in the way of like you know attacking.
3: And it's still animalistic. <laughs> it yeah. kind of suits suits the character. A bit of fur there, you know. I don't know. It's still in a bit of Bruce Banner there with the green and purple, but that's okay. Oh, that's true. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I mean Carol. So yeah, I mean she's, you know, she's come over, uh, and yeah, the, the guys have a little bit of a, um, well, actually, sorry, the, a couple of the guys fawn over her as well. I mean, let's establish how how great Carol looks. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, so you've got Wonder Man, you've got Simon, Ben, and Hank, all kind of all kind of looking. I love Wonder Man's reaction. He has to take off his his red sunglasses. <laughs> yes show his uh ionic eyes his ionic eyes (laughs) Uh, oh no but i i love this uh this kind of mateship between logan and nick fury because we know how old logan is and but i I just love how they reinforce that a lot and and they have a past you know
0: yeah he uses the story to do a lot of connections in here that we know of later on but it's i think this is where they establish like wolverine and nick fury know each other and like you know, the past him and Carol, you know, a lot more about the past him and Carol Danvers share. Mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. A, there's a lot of stuff dropped in here.
2: Yeah, yeah.
0: That Claremont uh, uses later. I mean, I'm surprised this was never reprinted in any of the X-Men collections. Just as, like, a helping give back up a Wolverine and everything. You
3: know, mm. of his backstory. I mean, yeah, they're, they're, this little story has actually got quite a, a bit in it. Uh, I mean, apart from the you know the mutants and, and, and Wolverine and the relationship, I mean, the, the main crux of it is uh, quite a... So did you mention that this was collected in, in something? It has to be, right?
0: Well, it is, but what I'm seeing... Now, granted, sometimes when you look at different sites, they'll show one or two other things you miss, but comics.org is usually decently, decently well with like reprints. Yeah. So I am seeing three foreign reprints... You know, as in not from America. So let's say we yeah. have a Brazilian reprint. And I think it's, this one's Marvel Gold is Spanish. Okay. I think that's so, French. But, you know, just random, just reprints, like, you know, reprinting the story. But then there are also, like, three collections. But they're all Captain Marvel ones. Okay. There's, a, there's the Captain Marvel, Ms. Marvel, A Hero Was Born Omnibus. Uh, nope. The True Believers Captain Marvel, which is like you know the little dollar those little reprints they've been doing recently of like you know big issues you know issues about people, mm-hmm. and then in the Ms. Marvel Epic Collection Volume Two. Oh, yeah, that's
3: the one I haven't got. <laughs>
0: so but, if yeah, you're cool. looking for, if you're looking for this as part of your Wolverine stuff, because I mean, it is also I think big for Wolver- a lot for Wolverine stuff there. Mm-hmm. Mm- well, hopefully you're also getting Mar- you know, Captain Marvel stuff because it ain't going to be in your Wolverine collections.
3: No, yeah, exactly, exactly. If you really do like, oh, well, even just, just go for the source, track down the, the floppy. <laughs>
0: you know. I'm just actually kind of surprised it's not in a lot of other ones because it's a nice short little story. And several of the characters, while they're not the main ones, they're in there enough that like this could fit anywhere in any Fantastic Four collection. You know, because it's the, oh, know, the yeah. thing. This Even the fit.
3: Avengers. I mean, the Aven- yeah, yeah, Avengers, yeah. The Avengers one, because it's at Avengers yeah. Mansion. It has several Avengers. Mm-hmm. It's
0: Jarvis. You know, yep. this also with Wolverine and Beast as well could fit in any X-Men collection. Mm-hmm. I'm just surprised. And it's a good story. And it's, you know, Claremont.
3: Yeah, it is a good story, actually. Yeah, it, um it, it, for the, the length of it, uh, yeah. he packs a lot in, and it's paced quite well. So.
0: But then we get to the meat of the story, basically, I guess you could say, where uh, Captain Marvel, Monica Rambeau, shows up. And Carol's, like, having a reaction that everyone's not expecting at first when she hears the name, this is Captain Marvel.
3: Yeah, so she's the original, one of the original people kind of meant to be playing poker. So they they said that, or they were waiting for her, I can't remember. Yeah, she was um, late. Yeah, she was late. So they, but she arrives, Captain Marvel kind of. Takes Carol for a little bit of a spin there with what's happening, and just yeah, things just get a little bit uh, weird for her as they go on.
0: Yeah, um, she's asking like, did Marvel decide to retire, or you know, is mm. did things really change? What did he re- things really change while he was gone?
3: Yeah, the way she's speaking, uh, I like uh, Ben getting quite defensive because you know it does. If you don't know, it does sound a little bit blunt, a little bit direct. But, but that's callous. purely yeah, but that's purely because which, of course, you didn't know that he passed away. Yeah. Uh, so that was that's the big punch in this story. Um, and there's a, a really, I'm not going to call it strange, uh, David Ross, uh, when Nick Fury talks to Carol. The, the colouring and everything changes. It's almost like a – And the lighting, yeah, he's, yeah. His face is very – I mean, I guess it's meant to be a very sombre kind of look. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's just, it's just strange. i just call that out.
0: <laughs> it is a little weird, yeah. Yeah. It's different. But yeah, when she finds out he wasn't killed, you know, mm-hmm. no one beat him to death, no one killed him, no, one, you know, he didn't fight, die in battle. Mm. He
3: had cancer. I know that's such a that's such a gut punch, you know. Yeah. It, it even still works because as a as a superhero, you you can expect, you know, any death would be very tragic if it was in the line of duty, so to speak. But this thing is something that you can't fight, really. Yeah. yeah so Carol just kind of binaries out so to speak
0: that's literally what i was thinking of just <laughs> yeah. if you couldn't think of anything i was going to go, binaries out i'm like oh stole it from
3: me <laughs> and um, and i've got to say as well she's got such as binary such a cool look i love yeah. this kind of cosmic look but yeah so she she flies out of there
0: really and then we get the recap of how she became binary because you know you gotta have that
3: yeah, and or, complete with the brood who I always have a little chuckle because it's just Marvel at their blatant best to to kind of copy, let's call it another property. Um, and it's the it's the second attempt at copying it.
0: <laughs> what, was it what was the first the, one? The uh, Niagara, Niagara. I don't know how to pronounce them. It's one of those one of those alien names that, have, that has an apostrophe in the middle. It's oh, okay. Like, yeah. Ni- Oh, yeah, A I G R I or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They appear in like a couple of issues of X Men early on, like they're in like ninety five or ninety six. And then if you ever read the one where uh, it's the uh, the Kitty Pride issue, it's like you know welcome, you know welcome to the X Men Kitty Pride. Hope you serve. No, no, no. It's like issue one forty three where it's like Kitty on the cover and there's like a big monster behind her ready to kill
3: her. Oh, and and that's the first iteration of the Xenomorph. Yeah, that's like a xenomorph. Like it's yeah. a it's a mix of like if the xenomorph was a Lovecraft
0: alien, it was a Lovecraft monster.
3: Oh, well, that sounds pretty good, actually.
2: <laughs> yeah,
0: well, that is a good issue. I think I think that issue is I think it's one forty three. It's like the last Claremont burn issue of X Men.
3: Oh wow! Okay. The um super team. But,
0: yeah, they're basically done as like the xenomorph because that came out right around the time. In mm. that kid even thinks about how did they kill the monster in that movie.
2: Because <laughs> that she? came out
0: really? just after that's, the movie. So was funny. done shortly after. But yeah, the Brood are their much more successful attempt at copying <laughs> that kind of mm-hmm. monster.
3: <laughs> yeah. And so they kind of, um, you know, poke and kind of study Carol because she's got this uh, unique DNA, I guess, a bit of a, the, the Kree and the human uh, DNA. Um, but yeah, it goes through the origin and she kind of, as we say becomes binary but then it cuts back to to her uh, after you know leaving the avengers mansion and she goes to uh, basically the 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 tomb yeah marvel's grave and just uh, reflect again we we cast back so a bit more information but this is you know this is really good because it cements her relationship with with marvel it's really i mean they they go through an, a romantic thing but you kind of see their also, their their professional, uh, you know, team ups as well.
0: Yeah, uh, the so professional, cool. their friends, you know, their mm-hmm. colleagues, that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. But it goes to what I've heard said a lot is that uh, well, yes, you might have your wishes for that. Let's say a person might have their own wishes for what they want done if they if they after they die. But for mm-hmm. the most part, the funeral isn't for the person that died. Mm. The funeral yes. is for everyone else.
3: That's right. Yeah, and yeah, that's right.
0: This is. She, unfortunately, missed that completely
3: from mm.
0: yep. so someone who a big part of her life.
3: You would feel absolutely shattered, wouldn't you? I mean, yeah. having that relationship as well, regardless of if you had seen each other um, over the past few months or, or years or whatever, uh, you know, regardless of the fact that you hadn't seen each other for an for amount of time, uh, yeah, it still would be crushing to, to think that you missed it.
2: But it
0: does. I, I guess it's supposed to be that this is what helped made her decision because she decides that she is going to go off with the Starjammers
2: mm-hmm.
0: because she's. I mean, what she says is that Marvel chose to be an exile from the Kree,
2: mm-hmm.
0: and because she wasn't sure what to do, and I guess she's saying, you know, you kind of helped me make my decision. I'm going to do the same thing. I'm going to be exile, exile myself from Earth and go into space, yeah. trying to do the reverse of what he did. He was running around space and came to Earth, and she's like, I'm going to leave Earth and go to space.
3: Yeah, I mean, it's it's a great. Uh, you know, conversation she has with Logan um, at it as well, and and she seems very determined. I mean, one of the like, – towards the end, you know, Logan says, I'm, I'm going to miss you, and she just thinks, I'm not going to miss you. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, I mean, to be,
0: yeah. it, it does come up a little cruel. To be fair, in the next panel, she yeah. says, not as anything but a friend. Yeah, Because, I mean, they do imply that there was some more to their
3: relationship. They did have, yes, that's what I I gathered, that they did have some sort of relationship. But then again, on both sides, well, on Logan's side at least, I mean, he's had many, (laughs) many seusses, many lovers. So, um, yeah. But he he does care for Carol. I mean, you can see it. Uh, It's not like they haven't become close friends because they have. Um, So, yeah.
0: Oh, no, they do. I mean, yeah, no, he's, she's definitely a close friend of his. I mean, I'm even thinking of later on in the X-Men after they, after they go to Australia, (laughs) after that whole story, there's a, there's a period of time. Oh, it's the Psylocke story. It's the story where Psylocke becomes
3: Um, the the, the hand. Yeah.
0: And Wolverine is so hurt. He is hallucinating that Nick Fury and Carol Danvers are there with him. And because he's,
3: well, yeah, good recall. because all. he's connected <laughs>
0: yeah. to Psylocke, even though she doesn't realize it, I think, at the time, because I think she's the enemy at the time, when he sees Carol Danvers or Nick
3: Fury shoot somebody, Psylocke
0: actually causes that person to, I forget if they just get knocked out or die, but it actually mm. affects them.
3: <laughs> wow, wow, far out. That I am very impressed with your memory. Um, because I always thought that was cool. Yeah, I mean, as you were recounting it, and I, it's come back to me because, yeah, I mean, I I read through that as well. But, my God, that's been like 30 years, 30 years or so. But, yeah, good yeah. stuff.
0: It just kind of shows how much, like, yes, she is a big part of his life no matter yes, what she absolutely. remembers or not. She is a very important – Carol Danvers is definitely a very important person to Wolverine. Yeah. She's definitely big in his life.
3: The, I mean, even – I'm just thinking – not that I – have collected it um regularly but the the kelly thompson run of captain marvel as well uh wolverine logan does pop up he did pop up at least once i remember they um i'm hoping that's from the captain marvel but they they kind of um go to a restaurant together with a whole whole Mm -hmm. crew i think jessica drew's in there as well and hazmat um yeah and and wolverine's there as well but yeah that again shenanigans it was like a one and done but it was oh, good to see
0: there's always shenanigans yeah
3: <laughs> but ben it was good to been. see Logan yeah it's good to see him there in the in the captain Marvel comic uh in the issue um yeah he' has got very good ties with a lot of like his good good friends good mates with Jessica drew too so um oh, yeah again to declare my character <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah pretty, he set um, that
0: up well because I mean at the yeah, time these characters their books were cancelled they were they would have been nowhere at best hmm yeah. And I think that's also why he put her in the starjammers you know, this way no one else could screw around with her
3: <laughs> protect you know? his uh protect his baby yeah
0: he, you know he's like okay great I put her here in my the team that's kind of considered mine Yeah.
3: You know?
0: yeah. no one else really
3: touches them for the most
0: part yeah. and now she's there when I want to use her and she's yeah. safe
3: because who's gonna touch the starjammers come on <laughs> yeah she's fine <laughs>
0: you until know? so they actually want her for the Avengers she's fine yeah yeah. And at that point, she came back to the Avengers and was, I think, Warbird at that point. He was off the X-Men anyway for a while. Mm. Yeah, Actually, that, that actually would have been about the same time he was doing Fantastic Four. Okay. Because right. that was the, uh, Kirk, if, if I'm remembering right, that was the Kirk Busiek-George Perez Avengers. The Heroes Return. so same time period. Okay. Yeah, right. But, so that's that story. So at least, you know, Marvel helped her out one more time. Mm-hmm. And then we get the nice David Ross back cover.
3: Oh yeah, let me have a... Oh, yeah, actually I didn't I didn't bother having a look, but until now that that's quite nice actually. Yep. Very yep. very well framed with the the Grim Reaper.
0: Yeah, death in the background. Yeah. Screaming or laughing, knowing this death.
3: <laughs> that's good. I mean, geez, uh, yeah, it's um, it's a really really good story. Very heavy as well. I mean yeah. the, the um. It's not uncommon for Claremont to, to have these huge word balloons, you know, these huge discussions in these things. But uh, I think it works well, I mean, especially for this subject matter.
0: Oh, yeah, definitely. And you know what? I I read Claremont stories that are a lot more wordy, so.
3: Mm. Oh, yeah, yeah. This was no – I was never bogged down by this at all. No.
0: Plus a lot of it is also the, the game and the peop- interaction, so it's more fun. It's not the pontificating yeah. stuff sometimes. That's oh, yeah. more towards the end. This is more the, yeah. you know, Ben Grimm grousing because he's, you know, he's losing and.
3: Yeah. 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 You can get, you can really have fun with, I mean, you, I think anyone who gets to write Ben Grimm has a, has a hoot, he's such a great voice. And to be fair to Claremont, he
0: does know sometimes when to shut up. Cause I'm thinking, mm. I'm
3: looking literally at that page. It's page five where
0: Ben Grimm's grousing.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And they're all getting ready to call and everyone's like, Oh, I got this. I got this. And oh, yeah. Carol, they was just like, I really hate to do this, Ben. And you can
3: see her <laughs> hand. And then that uh, next
0: panel is just her sitting there, smiling at like this yep. table, <laughs> just all the chips in front of her.
3: That that is a, a nice little cute uh, thing touch there, uh, yeah. just to have that, just that moment with all the chips.
0: <laughs> yeah, nothing, nothing was need to be said. There it was perfect.
3: Yeah. Yeah.
0: And that is it. All right. Well, that is it for this story. Unless you have anything else you want, you know, that brought it up here that you want to mention.
3: Um Deep no nice no uh, no, just just I recommend it but people just you know who may be just at least curious uh, to check this out. I mean you don't have to be a Claremont fan. Uh, it's just an, an really nice solid story and and it does have have a lot of depth uh, just because what Carol goes through uh, and it's yeah, it's pretty neat.
0: Yeah, I would definitely agree and unfortunately since it's not reprinted in a lot of collections, I would think a lot of people might not actually realize it existed. Mm so, Yeah. So I would set people I mean, if you are I mean, it is nice for like the thing stuff in the, the beast, but it's Wonder Man, but it's not really necessary for those characters.
2: Nah, but if real. you
0: are a fan of Carol or Wolverine, definitely,
2: mm-hmm. I would
0: say, look this up and check it out. Um, there's, of course, the reprints, which we mentioned before, and I usually mention the reprints specifically when we when I do the synopsis. So they'll be in there. Mm-hmm. But you also probably just look for the uh, issue. Because unfortunately, if you have Marvel Saga, I mean, sorry, if you have Marvel Unlimited, it's mm-hmm. not in there.
3: Yeah, they only <laughs> they only reprint the the first story. Yeah. yeah, I checked first. Yeah,
0: but you can find it for. I mean, it's not a. I'm a, I'm looking at an eBay now. We're not talking like a dollar, but it's under it's under ten bucks for the most part.
3: Oh yeah, look some well, marketplaces, not... yeah, third party sellers as well. I mean, and of course, on, on, at your local store, who knows what you will have it at. Yeah, exactly. I mean, for sure. You guys over there in the U.S., you and your bargain bins, your lucky sods.
0: <laughs> Dollar boxes, 50 cent yeah. boxes, depending on what you got. What's going on? <laughs> so, yeah, I recommend checking picking this up, people. It's a good story. It's just a good story. So if you like Claremont's X-Men, you'll probably like this.
3: Mm-hmm. Agreed.
0: All right. So before we head out, you should tell people where they can go to hear more from your voice.
3: <laughs> oh thank you al look i think the easiest way to go if, if you want to check out some of the other stuff um uh twitter at ray ray pod r-e-y r-e-y pod uh there you can catch me always open for a chat uh and so yeah i do uh, some podcasts into the night the moon night podcasts all character based uh to know her is to fear her the spider woman podcast last son's a krypton a superman podcast and uh, the last tuesday of every month uh, i joined phil over on capes and lunatics to do a scarlet spider kind of journey through ben riley's clone saga (laughs) all his misadventures all that sort of stuff so yeah uh love so one or two places one or two places love my stuff (laughs) so ray ray pod yep all right links will be in the show notes people
0: all right, Ray. Well, thanks again for being here.
3: Really appreciate it. Always a pleasure, Al. Thank you so much for having me on. Yeah, well, that was awesome. That was fun.
0: All right, everybody, hold on a second. We'll be right back with Brian to close out the episode. Okay, let's get the feedback covered before we finish off the episode. And this time, we are talking about feedback from last episode. Episode 155, The Death of Captain Marvel Part 1. It was Part 7A of our Wilderness Years coverage. We did Captain Marvel 34 and 35 with Brian. And on Facebook, the post about that episode was liked and shared by Pat Sampson, Ruth Sutherland, and Darren Sutherland. On Twitter, we got likes and retweets from Hunter 58 streamingaddict 2022 Dano underscore Cosmic Viet Nguyen David Finn Capes and Lunatics Alan Sharp Trapped in a World Doc Strange JohnReadsComics.com Jason Snick Menable, Chris Leiden, George Nieves, Into the Night, Maria Paz Anizako, Omar, Carl D. Smith, Glowing of Iridescent Rainbow Fire, Truth, Justice, and Hope, Sleepy Reader, Tim Price, the Pod Crasher, Bill, and Brian Z. Probably disagrees with you. Now, of course, if you want to hear more from me? You can hear me pretty much every week on the LEGIONPOD cast. On that show, we talk about the late 80s, early 90s DC sci-fi series, Legion. That is the one with an acronym, not Legion of Superheroes. You can find that on the Legion of Substitute Podcasters feed, and you can find a link for that in the show notes. You also, in the past week or so, could find me guest starring on an episode of Cheerscast, episode 5.13, in which host Ryan Daly and I talked about the Cheers episode from season 5, episode 13, Chambers vs. Malone. Links for that will also be in the show notes. All right, you want to get in touch with me? You have something you want to say about this episode? You just want to make a pithy comment, or you want to like and share the episode? Great. So, email, yahoo.com. Facebook, just in the search box, type in Adam Warlock or Thanos, we will pop up. On Tumblr, resurrectionsadamwarlock.tumblr.com. And Twitter, at adamthanospod. Finally, this show is part of the collective. The collective was started by a few like minded podcasters who wanted to network in the most traditional sense. It has become a repository for ideas, crossovers, and potential guest appearances. And you are going to hear a promo for one of the collective shows, one of which will have our other host for this episode, Ray, in it, right now.
3: Hey, Ray. Yes, Connor. What's black and white and red all over? Huh. A newspaper? Not even close. Hmm. Uh, sunburnt zebra? What are you doing, Ray? <laughs> Not even close.
2: <laughs>
0: Into the
1: Night, a Moon Knight podcast. A weekly podcast coming to you from the High Priest of Khonshu. Available on all good podcast
0: catchers. All right. So Brian, before we head off, uh, is there anything else you want to have people take a look at, either something of yours or something that you're interested in? Well, yes, because as as as
1: always, um in in the without a podcast of my own to promote sob, 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 um I always sort of like, you know, hijack the tail end of your your show, blah, ha, ha, to sort of wax rhapsodic about something pop culture I've consumed that, uh, that I've loved and that I want everyone else to love as well. And in this case, um, I've got something on my mind. I just consumed it Ah, and it's coming on the heels of what we just discussed about death of Captain Marvel and, you know, pretty emotionally heavy. This was also in some ways like kind of emotionally overwhelming, like, Like, I don't know if you've ever watched anything or, you know, consumed anything entertainment wise that just really, like, just sort of gave you so much uh, emotional reaction. Like, you were left with all of this emotional energy and you needed some, you didn't, like, know where to put it. Like, you had to put it somewhere and you didn't know where to put it. It just left you with all of it. And it was a good thing. But, you know, you you know the kind of thing I'm talking about?
0: Yeah, that kind of gets to you.
1: Yeah, yeah. You know, I'm thinking like, you know, first 10 minutes of Up, if you recall that. There's that. Um, Mm
0: -hmm. One thing that actually gets me, uh, usually got me a bit, was uh, Doctor Who, Mm -hmm. uh, season one. Mm -hmm. Not, sorry, not original show. Uh, The revamp. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Christopher Eccleston, uh, Father's Day with Rose's father. Oh, yes, yes, yes. 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 So anyway, yeah.
1: No. Good. Good call. So yeah. So I'm I'm left with that. So I thank you for this opportunity to sort of like heat sink some of all of this emotional energy it left me with. It was an anime, um, mm-hmm. a, an original anime, not based on a best selling manga or anything like that. So it kind of flew under a lot of people's radars. Um, the title is A Place Further Than the Universe, and it is it was thirteen a thirteen episode series that aired in 2018. In Japan, um, and it's the story of a group of uh, four high school girls who, for varying reasons, undertake um, participating in an expedition to go to Antarctica. Which, believe it or not, that sounds like it's it's handled very realistically in terms of what um, like is involved in 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 a having an expedition to Antarctica in the first place. You know, yeah. being how tightly controlled that spaces by world governments and also you know when you are 16 you know what what it how that affects it but it's really all about like these four characters and their reasons for going and their struggles and their arcs and by and large it's it's very it's frequently very funny it's overall it's it's very much it's a it's it's a little bit of a slice of life but it does have that ongoing plot line but it's just there is at least one moment in most episodes that will get to you and at least four moments over the course of the series that i can say are real real like emotionally like not like overwhelming but you know very strong very strong like strongly affecting and the one the one that sort of cemented this thing is one of the greatest things i ever watched in in a good way but it just it broke both me and and, uh, the Empress, it broke us both. We were both just literally oh, wow. sitting there sobbing, <sighs> like actually crying out loud. And I don't cry at entertainment very easily. I'm not against it. I'm not opposed to it. I'm not like, I will not do it under any circumstance. It just doesn't happen very often. Um, and this got to me like this one moment, I won't specify it because I don't want to spoil anything for anybody who has the opportunity to, to watch it. So I would say, um, so I don't want to say too much more than that other than it's very funny. Um, mm. uh, it's, it's very funny a lot of the time, but it, it mixes that with some genuine and uh, well-earned, um, sadness and emotion. And it's just a complete, complete meal, uh, entertainment meal for your emotional palate. Uh, a place further than the universe is the title. Um, you can watch it as far as i could find it's not even been released on blu-ray or dvd um it exists solely as far as i know streaming on crunchyroll okay which you can watch it for free if you don't mind a slightly lower video uh, quality and occasional advertisements but if you happen to already be a subscriber to crunchyroll then you'll get it in high def- in super glorious high definition with no advertisements either way though I cannot recommend this show highly enough, even if you're not like a huge anime fan. If someone's listening to this and they're not a huge anime fan, the the New York Times chose it as one of its best television shows of 2018 in its year end wrap up that year. That's how good this show was. It was it blew me away on every level. And it's going to be something that I remember for a very, very long time. And like I said, it left me with all of this overflowing excess emotional energy that I just had to put somewhere. And thankfully you Al, give me this opportunity. So I had a place to put it. So there you go. A place in right, the universe, please check it out. If you have the opportunity, cause it will, it will reward your, your time. Well, sounds interesting. I have to look for that later. Maybe I, 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 I do recommend it. I do recommend it. And if you do, please let me know, how, you know, you, uh, how, how you like it.
0: All right. All right, well, that's it for this episode. Uh, Next time, let's see, what's the plan for the next one? The next one, we're going to be doing uh, Avengers 219 and 220 and Captain America Annual 7. I mean, not us, but me and other people. You.
1: you. I will be back next for covering uh, the, I believe, the finale of the uh, Jim Starlin, um, the modern Infinity Trilogy thingy. The Infinity Finale, I think it's called.
0: I believe that's, uh, if I'm thinking right, let's see for you, where is it? Yes, that's what we're doing after these Wilderness Years episodes. We'll, right. we'll be coming back to that. So uh, that might be the next time you all hear me. So, haha.
1: Oh, no. No.
0: No, before that.
1: Oh. Halloween. Oh, I have work to do. Okay. <laughs> Remember? We talked about that. Last,
0: what did yes. we do last Halloween? Yes.
1: Yes. You talked about doing the next one? Yes. I'm so. not, I'm not, I'm, people will wait.
0: So probably that
1: one then. Okay, sounds good.
0: And then after that, that right, the damn stuff.
1: Right, 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 right. Giving me so much work to do, Al, I swear.
0: I know. <laughs> All right, guys. Talk to you then. Bye. Bye. free-intro-music.com and DJ Puzzle at peaceloveproductions.com Links to both can be found on the Tumblr page. So, yeah, so let's get started on this recording now. So, yeah, this is like you like you mentioned before. This is going to be the third part of that episode with Captain Marvel 34 and 35. Mm-hmm. That's a brand new episode. And I think at the end of the last one, we did your closing for it, right? Right. Yes, we did. Yes, we okay, did. So we don't so... worry about doing a closing for this one. We'll just Correct. put that on it. Okay. All
1: right. Ready? I am as ready as I'm going to be.
0: All right.